Thank you. Yeah. All right. Usually right now our youth will take off out of the service, but you're not going to for just a moment. Um, I want to have, I'm not sure, I haven't seen everybody that's here, but I'm uh, Nico. Come here, buddy, right up here in the front. And uh, Jaron, come on up here. And uh, Ashley. Uh, I don't know if I saw her yet. Not that Ashley, sorry. Ashley Anderson. Okay. And um, she's in the nursery, serving there. That's a good thing. Um, and I have uh, Haley coming up here as well. So the reason why I'm asking them to come forward right now is because, as you know, uh, Pastor Josh was last Sunday was last week, and he is uh, beginning a brand new um, ministry opportunity today. And he, God's perfect timing, you know, just this week, he was uh, called to be the family pastor at uh, the First Southern Baptist in Scottsdale. So he and, uh, yeah, pretty awesome. God's always on time in his perfect ways, he is. So as we do things, I wanted to know if you have a youth-aged, um, young, preteen, all those ages that they are. I don't want to call them kids because they're not anymore. They're growing up. And we have uh, new plans and things going forward. I did send a message out through Pastor Josh to all of you that have youth and are leaders. And you should have received that. If you did not, please get a hold of me so you know what's happening. We want your youth to be involved in what God's doing as we take the next steps forward. We are redoing everything involved in our youth. And so I want you to know that we are like stripping it down, starting all over again and beginning something new. And we are not doing Wednesday night youth. So if your kids tell you they're going to youth on Wednesday, they're not. <laughs> and we aren't here. All right. The, temporarily, we're putting that on hold as we restructure and begin. So Ashley is over in the nursery serving, but she's going to be part of this team as well. In the letter that I sent out, I asked if anyone felt like God would like them to be part of teaching and working with our youth on, at the 915 service to respond to me. So if you didn't and you're wondering what happened, that's because you don't read everything that you're receiving and following what's happening, right? No, I mean, uh, I mean that respectfully, but come on, we got to check that stuff. All y'all should already have the app and you should be getting notifications and knowing what's happening, right? Some of you don't even know we have an app. We do, it's free, and you should have that. So I'm making them stand here to be uncomfortable and just to keep you guys staring at them. So what we're doing now is we have restarted everything, and they have a curriculum. They'll be working with our youth. And so our plan is to begin a 915 uh, class during this time when I would speak to you that they will go down. They'll stay up here for worship go down with their leaders to go down. So not all of them will be down there every Sunday, but as we're beginning something new, they're all going together to kind of work through this process themselves. And so that's what they are doing. I'm going to ask you to join with me in praying over them and what God has leading forward from here. Okay? So Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for new beginnings. For God, you are a God of new beginnings. And God, we just thank you. We are asking you to build your ministry for the youth. They face challenges that any of us that are adults have never seen before. They're dealing with issues in our culture that we've never experienced. Things that are normal to them are not normal to us. Therefore, we need wisdom, discernment, and guidance as we lead them to you and with you through their stages of growth and development, Lord, into life. Lord, they need you. I pray for these leaders and those that you will be building a team with that, God, you will bless and encourage their hearts that they would be rooted in you. God, that you would give them understanding, discernment way beyond their abilities. And, God, that you will just anoint them today. 
Lord, build your team and your ministry. This is not about us. It's not about what we want to see happen. We want you to be glorified for your purpose and your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so you guys can go ahead, and all of you that are teens, if uh, those that are 5th to 12th, and we will be splitting all those up as we move forward, but if you would, you can go with them and send your kids down with them right now. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Um, I don't know also if I saw Jesse Morris. Is she here in this service? I didn't see her yet. I know she's going to be here today. What's that? Okay. We'll get her. Uh, oh, that's right. She's in the back. Okay, we'll get her. Uh, but this is her last Sunday here before she moves to Texas. So if you see Jess, um, you give her a hug and tell her we love her. And, uh, you know, grateful for all God's doing and what he does. The last thing I say before we look at what God's saying to us today is if you're part of our full throttle ministry, um, which is our motorcycle ministry, if you see people with those patches, that's part of our ministry stuff that we do here. We have uh, four people that we'll be giving a patch to today after the second service. Those patches are right over here on this table. If you're a member of Full Throttle, I'm going to ask you before all that happens to make sure you sign the back of those patches. There's markers there with the names of who that is. And the reason we do that, for those of you who don't know, is uh, two things. We're not a motorcycle club. We never want to be. We're not part of the Federation stuff. We don't ever want to be. We are a ministry, and we have a purpose of what God's called us to, and we don't have rockers. If you don't know what that means, it's okay. We're not claiming a territory. God is the king of all territories, and we don't need a rocker to say where we are from, and we follow him and serve him to the best of our ability through his grace and mercy. And so one of the primary things that we do with Full Throttle is we do a prayer ministry, which we go places, pray over people and different things. And so what we do with these things and why we have a marker to sign the patch on the backside is so that when you're alone, you know that someone's with you as well. We are praying for one another and we are part of a family. And that's why we sign the back of the patch. If you don't know anything about that, don't worry about it. Okay, it's okay, seriously. But if you're a member of that, make sure you sign that. There are uh, requirements to be a member. If you're interested in becoming a member of Full Throttle Ministries, um, let us know and we'll give you that information when you need it. All right, I think I got everything. That's awesome. Sometimes when we talk about, you know, um, the spiritual battles, which we've been talking about the last few Sundays in the messages and what God's talking to us all about. You know, um, in the recent history of the church, there's been much more attention being paid to the spiritual warfare of the world around us. Now, not all of that stuff is taught correctly, and I'm not saying here, I'm here to straighten everybody else out. We're not talking about that right now. I just want to stay where we are and what God's saying. What I do want you to see is that when, whenever that stuff is going on, when there's spiritual warfare is being talked about, spiritual battles, we're reading devo even the devotionals that we send out to you, whatever's going on, what happens is we begin to think we're more under attack. Do you feel like in the last few weeks you've been more under spiritual attack than you were before? See, when we talk about it, we feel that, that a little bit more present. And so because we're aware of what's happening, we begin to see that there's more stuff happening. But I really don't think more stuff's happening. I really think we're just more aware of it. See, because whatever we're aware of, we see. So like, if you get a new vehicle, whatever it may be, 
You get that vehicle, you pick it out, you're like, that's awesome. I haven't seen a lot of these around. And then you start driving it. <laughs> and there's one over there, and there's one over there, and there's one over there, and there's one over there. And it's like, what, did everybody get one of these when I did? No, you became aware of them because now it is in your head and in your heart and you see it. It catches your attention. And so it's not like we've decided we're going to find all those things out there. It's now that I'm aware and I am conscious of what's going on, I'm much more aware of what is happening around me. Therefore, the spiritual intensity of spiritual warfare and battles and all the stuff that's going on in the spirit world around us, once we become more attentive to it, it's like, wow, this is crazy. I feel like I'm under attack all the time and I see it in their life and the confusion over there and my marriage and my relationship. I feel that turmoil, right? I mean, we feel that stuff. Has something been happening in your home? Maybe that just hasn't been there for a while. All right, so as we consider that then and we realize that, hey, I'm more intuitive, I'm more intentional, I'm being more aware. Don't lose your awareness or spiritual sensitivity and lose focus because it's easy for us to begin to look at the battle or who we're fighting in the real world, not the spirit world, and get lost in the battle. And we can get so far off course because we've allowed ourselves to engage in this spirit world on our own. And church, it's a death sentence if we do that. See, I, I just really believe that it's so easy to get caught up in what's going on around us that we can lose focus so fast. I, I believe that as I'm, you know, I've been a pastor for quite a few years now, and there's been times I have to do stuff I don't like, you know, um, you have to deal with stuff you don't like. One of those things is the reality of death. And I've done funerals for little babies and children and teenagers, people in their 20s, all the way to their 90s. I've watched that. I've been a part of that. I've walked people through the process of leaving this planet. I've been there when they left. When you're in that moment and you're looking at what's happening and you watch as someone, and I've been through a journey of, that took a few years of watching the body just decay and fall until they're gone. And when you're in that moment, I have come to the place in my life where I'm grateful. I want you to hear me right now because you see, I consistently have a reminder in my life that I'm not gonna live forever. It's coming to an end. And there is no guarantee that I'm going to be an older man. No guarantee. You know, and as I was processing those things and even coming into today, none of us know. And I'm not saying that like in a fearful way. I'm saying it's in a reality way. None of us know. And as we're walking through life, it's so easy to get caught up in this world and you lose your focus or your attention or your spiritual direction. And I don't mean like you're backsliding and walking away from God. I'm saying we can lose our attention and our intentionality about our walk because the world and life is calling at us all the time. 
You know, tomorrow you got to get up and go to do whatever you normally do. It's going to be school or work or whatever it is that you do. I don't know. But you're going to have to do your normal thing. And in the midst of your normalcy, there's going to be a holiday that is coming at you on Thursday, Thanksgiving, where you're going to either be with family, wish you were with family, or wish you weren't with family, (laughs) or you're going to have to deal with something that is going to disrupt your normal pattern. Right? It is. And so now as we come into that, let's use that idea in our mind as we're talking about what we're talking about today. Because see, once Thursday happens and Friday's here, and some of you are just waiting for Friday, I know. Uh, Not because you don't want to do Thursday, but you want to get out there and find those magical deals and all that stuff. But whatever's happening, see, I want everybody to know, you already know this, but Friday and Saturday won't feel right because Thursday wasn't normal. And we'll be like, Oh, you know, I feel like today's Sunday on Friday, maybe because we weren't working on Thursday or going to school or whatever. Things start to disrupt us because normal isn't normal all of a sudden. Now, you see how we're so easily predictable and patterned in our life. My wife tells me, and she was, she's been harping on me a little bit late, not in a bad way. She's just like, you are so predictable and patterned. Anybody that wants to could do whatever they want to you. You get up, you do the same things every single day. You go and do these things. I mean, it's just, we all do. We have these routines and stuff. And so when we're looking at the attentiveness to the spiritual battles that are raging around us today, we have to be a little bit more, uh, let's say, attentive to what God wants to say and not our normal pattern. Because usually what you're going to hear now is you're going to hear verses from me. We're going to do a little message talk for a little bit. Then we're going to do accountability uh, questions or uh, action steps. Then we're going to have an altar call and everybody's going to go on and do your thing today. And you probably have a Sunday routine as well. Because we're so habitual in how we worship God, spend time with God and do things that I'm about to read a verse that you've heard a bunch of times. And so as soon as you hear that verse... You're going to be on that verse. And you're going to have it all going on inside of you like you always have about that verse. But today God wants us to just listen to what he has to say, not about that verse, but about what he's saying to us in the context of where that is. The verse itself, the reason why most of us know it is because of how real it is in our life and we've recognized it. But there's something more to it that God wants to say than just what that one verse says. You ready? All right, so here it is. 1 Peter 5. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time He will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God for He cares about you. (laughs) Why are we carrying that junk with us? All right, you ready? Here you go. This is the one you know. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's walking around here right now. And he's just waiting to just jump on somebody, pounce on them, and just destroy them. So when we hear that statement, usually our minds are already there. Most of us have seen the National Geographic, the lions running down that little thing, whatever, and just taking them out. 
And we just think like, hey, that's the enemy. And the word of God is trying to get us to get that image in our head to understand. But there's something that he's already said to us before this. And he's saying something after this verse. It's not to just concentrate on the fact that there's an enemy trying to kill you. Prior to that, he told us to submit to God. Let him lift you up the way he desires to lift you up in the time he wants to lift you up. Don't try and do it yourself. Don't try and fix it yourself. Don't try and be something you're not. Don't try and overcome by your own strength. And we're reminded in the midst of this that actually you don't have the power to defeat him. Yeah, only under the mighty power of God can you ever be victorious over our enemy. Period, man. He's got us. We, he is hands down more powerful than us in our flesh. Yep. No doubt about that. All right? But he goes on from there after he tells us to stand firm and be strong and everything like that. Ready? Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. Amen. <laughs> Nothing unusual about what you're dealing with. <laughs> It's funny how sometimes we can feel like, feel like we're being isolated, we're alone, we're facing stuff nobody else is facing. We feel isolated. The enemy wants us to feel isolated. You know that, right? He's trying to make us feel like we're not part, we don't belong, we're out here, we're dealing with stuff nobody else has to, that we are a special case. The Word of God is saying, look, Everybody out there is dealing with the same junk. And people have faced the same stuff you are. And there's one reason for it. The enemy wants to take us out. He wants to destroy, to devour, to divide. His whole goal is to just eliminate us from what God is trying to do. The Word of God tells us a victorious walk requires humility. A victorious walk with God requires surrender of myself for his purpose for his agenda for god's glory in everything that happens in my life church you need to understand we need to understand this is about god's plan not mine so when things don't go according to your plan it doesn't mean that god has left you abandoned you or doesn't have a plan A victorious walk with God requires that surrender in all things, in all things that come against us, and the enemy wants us to be consumed with what comes against us. That's why we're told in that word to say, don't worry, don't carry the burden, but cast it all on God. Give it to Him. <laughs> Just surrender, church. Our enemy doesn't care what it takes. You know that spiritual battle that's raging? He does not care what it takes to injure you, wound you, and take you out. He doesn't care. He'll do whatever it takes. He'll use whatever means he can. All right. Look, church. In this word that we read to you in the, in the scriptures in, in um, 1 Peter 5, listen to verse number 9. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Stand firm against him. Do you remember those scriptures you read in Ephesians where it's talking about that spiritual warfare, the armor of God and all that? It says, stand firm, therefore stand, stand firm. Never does it say blow, blow the trumpet and attack. It doesn't. 
God's word says stand, stand, stand. Because as soon as you go out after him, you're done. This thing right here in the word tells us stand firm against him. And as you do that, God will take care of you. Because you see, we're not just standing against him. We're standing against him strong in our faith. We have recognized who the enemy is, how he works, and what he's all about. And we know where our power comes from. And therefore, we, as it already told us, submit to God and his mighty power because then God can do the work of defeating our enemy for us as we stand in him. That's how we live that victorious life in the midst of all the garbage that's going on in and around our lives, in our home, in our workplace, and everything else. Church, we have to stand strong against the enemy, strong in our faith, and fully surrendered to the purpose and the glory of Almighty God. He's got us. We have to understand the only way that we can stand firm against the enemy and victorious in our battle is being strong in our faith. So what does it mean to be strong in your faith? I mean, really, what does that mean? I mean, we could talk about our faith, right? We can just say, I believe in God. Everybody says that. The devil says that, actually. (laughs) So does that make us strong in our faith? What makes us to stand strong in our faith? I believe that we've already been given that key in there when he said, submit. You know, it's all about God, not about me. So if I carry my anxieties, we talked about the mind last week, remember? If we carry our anxieties and worries with us and we're trying to figure it out, work it out, fight the battle up here in our head, then we already know that we're done for. That's why the Word of God says, take all this stuff and give it to Him. All of it. Just push it over to Him. Give it to God. To stand strong in your faith is to believe that God is doing something right now. Right? God's doing something right now. He is. Church, what God may be doing is nothing. But he's doing something. Because God is purposeful in everything he does. So even in the nothing, God is acting. And we see that in Scripture. Therefore, when we stand in faith, we know that God is doing something absolutely right now. And therefore, I can stand humbly under Him and in the power of who He is in my life, knowing that even when nothing is happening, something is happening. See, none of that makes sense, right? (laughs) In our logical mind, we're like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense now. No, it makes total sense because when we begin to look at what God says in His Word and we see Him, it is Christ who is our victor. We can't win the battle. Only Christ can and only Christ does. And so the only way for me and you to have victory is to stand in Christ alone, surrendered fully to Him. The battle is far beyond our human reason or our power ability. So much beyond you and I. I want to read to you some scriptures in Hebrews chapter 3. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work, listen to this, it's so cool, man, I love it was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. <sighs> Let that sink in, man. God's like, I'm, I'm giving all of us, us here today, a living illustration. It says, I want you to see what I am and who I am and what I do by showing you something, church. 
that I will actually fulfill in your lives. <laughs> this is so good, man. He's awesome. Check it out. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house. If we keep our courage and we remain confident in our hope in Christ. Church, did you hear what he just said to us so critically clear? Our hope, our strength, the only way you and I can stand is in Christ. Only in Christ. And he's like, look, we've already seen what happens without Christ. Moses' illustration with the people of Israel. Now we are God's house in Christ. Now we need to know that we need to stand in Christ. If, there's that huge word in there. If we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. What is the enemy always trying to get us to do? Is to doubt the work of Christ. Doubt that that work works in me and you. Doubt that it's working in the church. Doubt that it can change the world. Doubt that it can do anything about my marriage, my family, my relationships. Doubt that it can actually change me. The enemy wants us to doubt the work of Christ. And the enemy tells us that he's after that all the time. He was trying to plant the seeds of doubt in every one of God's people all along the journey of Jesus' life. Church, we got to see this in the Word of God. We need to understand what God is saying to us in this. Going on reading then. And it, we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. That is why the Holy Spirit says... Today, when you hear His voice, today, when you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did. Oh, remember the illustration we were given by God? Don't harden your hearts like Israel did. When they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness, There, your ancestors, looking back, church, listen, tested and tried my patience. This is God talking. Tested and tried my patience. Even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. <laughs> This is what God says here. This is, this is so scary and so real. And he's saying, I'm giving this to you as an illustration, church. Please hear what he's saying to us. Listen to this. <laughs> there your ancestor tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them. And I said, this is God. This is recorded in his word. And it's also a psalm. When you read the psalms, I want you to know this is Psalm 95. And this is what it says. So I was angry with them and I said, their hearts will always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. Remember that obedience thing we've been talking about forever? So in my anger, God says, I took an oath. 
they will never enter my rest. God was like, I've already redeemed you. I've called you my own. I've led you out. I've done all kinds of stuff for you. I am done with you. (laughs) The next verse. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Remember, this is an illustration. Be careful, therefore, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning away from the living God. Man, that is like some really challenging verses. It's coming right at us, and it's like, look, you need to understand you have one stance, and that's in Christ alone. And the enemy is trying to get you to do anything else to doubt God's work. Don't tick God off. Don't try his patience. Man, we in the modern church have abused God's grace and mercy something fierce. (laughs) So I was angry with them, God said. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today. (laughs) Right? So what he's saying is like, look, none of us know about tomorrow. But right now you're getting a warning. And we need to continue to be warned daily about how important this walk with God is. How important my submission and surrender to God is. How I need to be with Him daily in every circumstance. And to be aware that the enemy is trying to take me out. Church, we have to live like that. Not in fear. Not in anxiety. Remember, we've already cast that on Him. In confident hope of who God is and the power that He's given Therefore, I stand strongly against the enemy because he has no power over me because of Christ. Amen? So therefore, we're not timid. We're not living in fear. We're not scared because we know we could die today or that there's a battle raging to kill me or take me out. We don't live in that fear. We live in confidence because of who God is and what he said to us. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Isn't that awesome? Amen. I have to tell you, man, when I gave my life to Christ finally pursuing me calling me I want you to know this that when I gave my life to Christ and I said yes to him way back then I believed God in every situation I can tell you right now I had blind ignorant young faith and as I've grown older in my walk with God I struggle with that kind of faith because of what I've seen and know. I hope you understand what I'm saying there. And so what God says right here in his word, he says, remember that faith? That's the faith I want you to have. The fact that I am who I am, I do what I say I do, and I'm real. There was nobody on the planet 
that could ever tell me that God wasn't real. Nobody can tell me God's not real. Nobody can tell me that Jesus Christ is not the only Savior of the world. Nobody. They can find 10 missing links. I don't care. They're not real. You know what I'm saying? I mean, for real, folks. I mean, God's real. His word is real. He is the redeemer. He does what he says he does. There is, I am unmovable in my faith, knowing that God has forgiven me through Christ. That is not an arrogant statement in me. It's all about him. Church, I stand secure in who he is. I stand insecure in who I am. Therefore, it causes me to rely fully and surrender always to who he is in my life. Because as soon as Dave stands, he falls. When I stand in Christ, I am unmovable. <laughs> He's so awesome, man. <laughs> you must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says. Guess what? He's going to say it again. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. Church, please hear this now. I love this because what happens in the scriptures is we're given some action steps, although these aren't my action steps, so don't get like ready to pack up and go. Listen to what he says right here. And who was it who rebelled against God even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom has God, was God speaking when he took an oath and said they will never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. So listen, this is what it says right there. Disobedience was unbelief. Now just think it through for just a second because you see they didn't believe what God said and if they did believe what God said, they never did what they did. Therefore, the obedience aspect is absolutely what our faith is all about. Doing what God says. Okay, so now as we listen to those questions, think about this. We are reminded here in the scriptures the people whose hearts were hardened were not people in the world. They were God's people. They were the people that God called by name. His name. They were the people that He extended a mighty hand over their oppressors and He set them free. These were the people that He had done the ten plagues on Egypt and covered them and protected them, led them out. These are the people that walked across on dry land because He parted the Red Sea. These are the people who had no food and God said, go out on the ground. There it is. I provided for you. These are the people who had no water to drink and God said, just go over there and hit that rock, Moses. And they drank water out of a rock. These are the people who saw a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night as God himself led them. These are the people that heard the voice of God with their own ears when they saw the power of God descend upon Mount Sinai and the mountain shook with an earthquake 
And they trembled inside themselves and said, Moses, you go talk to them. We're going to die. These are those people, church. The people who knew who God was, who heard his voice, who saw him move. This is the people that did not believe him. What in the world? Now we sit here today and we listen and we know all that. We look at history and then we read in the word of God and he says, hey, God has given an illustration to us from way back then to know where we are today. And he's like, hey, anybody listening? Today, don't harden your heart. Don't allow anything that you're facing in the moment because guess what? When God showed up, Everybody in Israel, I'm talking about in the Exodus story. We've been doing the devotionals on that. If you're following along, you know that. Listen to me. Every time God showed up and did something godlike, they were all in. Every time. Oh, God, we screwed up. We're so sorry. Yes, you are God. We'll do whatever you say. And then there's this pause, that nothing. Remember that space I'm talking about? There's that nothing time. And a challenge arises. It always arises. And in the moment of the challenge, it's like, screw this, I'm out. It's what they did. Every single time. We're all in when you're moving. God, you're awesome. It's amazing. I feel you. I know you're real. God, I'm all in. And then a challenge comes our way and another one. And we're in the midst of it and we're like, well, where are you? Why aren't you doing something? We get angry at God of all things. And we tell God we're mad at Him and He ought to be doing something different. We're warned in the Word of God. Don't let your heart get hardened. It's all about surrender, church. It's easy to surrender when there's God stuff happening. I mean, we're all all in then. When God shows up and He says, this is what I want, we're like, you got it. Because he's real, he's tangible. Remember that when you first believed how tangible and real God is? Now on your journey, what's tangible and real today is the fact that things aren't going smoothly. People are coming against me. Everything's not in order in my life. Stuff is happening. Now, who is your God? Now where do you stand? Have you cast all your cares and anxieties on him? Do you stand in the hope of Jesus Christ and his power? Are you standing firm against the devil when everything he says makes more sense than what God says? I hope you heard that. Are you standing firm in your faith when human reasoning starts to make more sense than what God is saying in the moment? That's real stuff there, isn't it? oh man I gotta move I got a lot more stuff in here I'm trying to get past it yeah I want God to say it so (laughs) some of this may be just for me (laughs) yeah so what's happening anyway you know 
It's like, why is it that when the challenges come, the first thing we think about is, is like what it used to be like? You know what I mean? Isn't it funny how the past looks so much more glorious than when we were in it? It really does. I mean, we like the, the deceiver, he just clouds our memory, and we're like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. You know, like they are always doing it in the Exodus, right? I mean, let's go back. At least we had food. At least we had this. At least we had this. I didn't have to deal with what I'm dealing with now. <laughs> no, you didn't, because you were all in in the wrong side, and he had you, yep. right? And you know this. That's the same reason why we begged God in the beginning to get us out of it just like they were. Remember the whole reason why God sent Moses where he said, I heard their cry. They're calling out. They're asking me to set them free. It's like, God, please forgive us, man. This constant cycle of all in, not in. All in, not in. All in, not in. I love you, God. Where are you, God? I love you, God. Where are you? You know what I mean? Come on, if that's the cycle of your spiritual life, it needs to end. It needs to stop. See, God is doing something right now, even in the nothing. And so if you think that nothing's happening, just be ready and stand confident. Stand strong in your faith. Resist the enemy. This is the time that you have real faith. It's easy to have faith when God is very present. When the mountain's shaking and you hear the voice, it's like, oh, yeah, that's God. <laughs> right? It's easy then. It, it really requires no faith. It's when there's no shaking and there's no voice, and we feel isolated and alone, that's where faith has to kick in. And I want you to know, church, that's the real faith you have. Not the God moment stuff. It's the alone stuff. That's the real picture of your faith. Therefore, as we look at this, I'm like, God, I need to know where I stand in you in the sense that I am here for you regardless. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Well, I got another verse for you. Let's read it. Uh, we have to guard our hearts at all time, man. All the time. James chapter 1. You ready? This is great stuff. I love James. If you don't know God's word, read James, man. And, and That's great. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. God blesses those who patiently. I'm only, he didn't write this that many times. I'm saying it again so that it sinks into us. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Just pause for a second because guess what he's talking about? When this life's over. <laughs> now there's a good word for you. <laughs> all of your life you're going to be dealing with testing and temptation that's what god's word just told us right okay so why would we think that just because we just hurdled that last trial that it's home stretch baby no he's telling us that rewards when it's all over afterward they will receive the crown of life right okay that god has promised those who love him and remember when you are being tempted do not say god is tempting me god is never tempted to do wrong he never tempts anyone else temptation comes from our own desires 
which entice us and drag us away. So remember, we're, we are aware that the enemy's out there, and so what is he doing? He's trying to entice us. Do you remember when we were looking at the Exodus account? If you don't remember looking at the Exodus account, they were like, I'm hungry. I remember I used to have bean soup back home in Egypt. I just wish I had bean soup right now. Bean soup sucks. It does, you know? <laughs> but in the moment of nothing, bean soup sounds amazing. He's like, so the enemy's trying to entice you back. Man, do you remember all the things you used to be able to do? Do you remember the fun times you had? Do you remember laughing at all the parties you were a part of? Do you remember how it was all that show that was going on? Let's think in reality, folks. Not in fantasy. And not in the enemy calling us and trying to drag us back to that old broken life of bondage. It was never fun. No, we laughed under the influence. We made jokes. We exploited other people. We were hiding our brokenness. We tried to mirage ourselves under some kind of an influence of something else to be someone else. That's what we were doing. <laughs> Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. Wait a minute, we're back in the mind again, remember? Calling, drawing, trying to drag us back. Why? So that we will act upon that former way of living. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, dear brothers and sisters. <laughs> so don't be misled, brothers and sisters. We are at the end here. You ready? These are your action steps. What spiritual battle or temptation are you facing right now? Is it maybe the nothingness of God in the moment? Is it you're hearing the call to the other way of living? Are you hearing it? See, church, we're facing some kind of a temptation, a trial right now. Everybody is coming at us from different perspectives of wherever we are. The enemy, all he's after is trying to get us to go back. That's all he wants. Because he knows that if he can get you to act on that, you're dead. Crazy, isn't it? Is God powerfully manifesting himself and working in your life right now? Because some people he is. And if he is, glory in it, build up your faith in it, and hold on to what you have learned and what you're learning about who God is. You need it. Because I'm telling you, nothing's coming. <laughs> it is. It's coming. Therefore, we have to rock ourselves right there in that faith of knowing who God is. I tell people all the time, and I'm telling you all this right now, write yourself a note. If you're right there in that moment with God, write yourself a note about how real God is, what God's doing. Make it real to yourself and give it to yourself and put it somewhere where you're going to see it so that when nothing's happening, you go back there and say, that was real. <laughs> He's that God. <laughs> His word does that for us. Have you heard the voice of the enemy? Have you heard him? Making complaints? That's what the children of Israel did all the time. If someone just starts off everything with complaints, God doesn't like that. He doesn't. I'm not talking about a, a power of positive thinking. I was raised by a father who was a complainer. 
And I picked up that pattern in my life, and then you begin to see everything in the negative first. You see what's wrong with things. That's what stands out instead of what God does and who God is in the moment. And I've had to discipline myself in the way that I think and the way that I feel in everything I deal with in life. There had to be a change in the way that I thought and the things that I dealt with so that my first reaction wasn't seeing the problem and complaining about. Instead of, this is my question I ask a lot of people when you talk to me, right? What's God saying to you in the moment? Because see, God's up to something in you in the moment, whatever you're facing. I am not saying, as we know in the Word of God, that He's caused it, He's created it, but He's going to use it. And what is He saying to you in the moment? That's what's important. What is He saying to us? What is He saying to me personally in the moment? Can you identify an unhealthy cycle in your life? And what will you do differently to end that cycle of brokenness, church? What are we going to do? The altar's open. See, this is that moment where we do the same thing every week. But we can't just do the same thing every week, right? It's like we got to come to God right here. And if you're carrying anxieties, worries, fears, all that stuff, if you see that cycle of brokenness, you need to come here and do something different. We've got to surrender that to God. Today, while you hear His voice. Today. Today, while you hear His voice. Listen. Act in obedience to what the Spirit of God is talking to you about today, church. Please. It's all about what He's saying. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your active work through your word. Thank you for the obedience of your people who hear your voice today. (laughs) Thank you, God. (sighs) God, we... Not only thank you for when the mountain shakes, but we want to thank you today for when the times of nothing are there. Because God, we know you are. We stand firm in our faith and we resist the enemy for he is a liar and a deceiver. And we will not go back, Lord. We are your people. We are committed to your purpose, your kingdom, and your cause. We will not retreat. We will not go back. We will move forward. All in your power and might and strength, God, as you have led us to this point, you will lead us all the way. God, we give you glory this very day for all that you are doing, Lord. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen. God is amazing, isn't he? Amen. God, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for being here today. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus.